God be with you. My friends, my name is Nick. I am the minister at Red Deer Lake United Church, and it is so good to be with you today as we continue our sermon series that we're all doing together, where we take a look at the lesser known stories in the Bible. If you are just joining us, we're looking at all those B-side Bible stories, those less popular, less famous stories that are buried deep in our scriptures, these stories that maybe we never even knew existed, but nevertheless, these stories that have something to say. And we're asking from these stories what they can teach us about what it means to be human, about how to live out our faith, about what God is like, and how we make this world more like the one that God made it to be, this world where everybody has enough and everyone has a place. And this week we have a story that, to be honest with you, I did not know existed up until now. I had never heard of this story before. It is a story about a guy named Korah. And so the plan today is we're going to take some time to listen to that story. And then we're going to hear about why this is not a story about the thing that we'll think it is once we hear it. And then we're going to treat the story like an Oreo and hear a little bit of wisdom that can with a little bit of work. And by a little bit, I mean a lot help us figure out how do we relate to each other in a way that is super counterintuitive, but in a way that leads us deeper and deeper and deeper into the kind of life and world that God opens up for us. Are you with me? So let's start with the story. So it is about a guy named Korah. We can find it in the Hebrew scriptures, specifically in the book of Numbers. And that is a book that basically picks up after the Israelites get the Ten Commandments and it chronicles all their ups and downs, all their adventures, all their learnings up until the promised land. But the story we're looking at today, it's one of those stories that's kind of sprinkled throughout a whole chapter. And so I'm not going to read it to you because we'll get lost in all kinds of details. So I'll just give you the long and short of it. And the long and short of it goes like this. There's a guy named Korah. And he is a pretty prominent dude within the Israelites. He's been there from the beginning. He's got lots of power and lots of sway. But the thing is, the thing is, he's got some pretty big disagreements with how Moses was leading the people to the promised land. He thought Moses wasn't really living out their faith and values. And he thought that Moses wasn't doing it the way that God would want him to. And so Korah, he's out there talking to people about this, and he and 250 other people, some of whom agreed with him and some of whom just needed someone to be angry at, they all get together, essentially forming a rebellion. And they all go up to Moses and they say, yo, that is in the text. Hey, Moses, you're doing things wrong. We're not going to do this anymore. God's on our side. We're going to take over. We want to be in charge. And Moses, you know, meeting hostility with hostility, he says, nah, God's on our side. I'll prove it to you. I'll prove that I am right. Come back tomorrow and we'll see who God picks. And everyone agrees. They go home, they have dinner, they go to bed, and they gather again the next day. It's all West Side Story. One side is over here. One side is over there. They're waiting for God to pick. And then suddenly, Underneath all the rebels, underneath Korah's feet, the earth gives way and it swallows up everyone and closes up on top of them, killing everybody. 
and then those who are smart enough to run away, a big fire comes out of the sky and kills them all, essentially ending the rebellion and proving Moses right, leaving him on top, him in charge, him in control. And that's the story. That's where it ends. That's the story of Korah. I know, right? Pretty wild. We're kind of unsure what we do with this thing, right? Yeah. And so let's go there. Let's go into that and ask, what do we do with it? Because that's the question we ask with every story in the Bible. What do we do with this thing? What is this story actually saying to us today? What is it conveying to us about how to live a life that is rooted in God's spirit? How to navigate all the intersections that life throws at us? What do we do with it? And now, people have answered that question in all kinds of ways. And if you do a quick Google of this story, what you'll see is that almost everyone goes to the very end of the story. That's where they want to find the answers. And of course they do. I mean, how could you not? The story ends with God or Moses, depending on who you ask, it's really the same thing, making the earth eat a bunch of people because they complained. And the takeaway is kind of obvious. The wisdom they see it offering is that when it comes to God and those in charge, we, we need to fall in line. We need to submit. We need not to question. We just need, need to be polite, and we just need to be obedient or else. Right? Anyone else kind of get that takeaway? Anyone else see that message being in there? Yeah, it's hard not to argue with that. It's basically what happens in this story. The story calls it a rebellion, a movement against God's established order and people getting killed because of it. But I wonder, I gotta ask, does anyone have a bad taste in their mouth with that takeaway? Does anyone kind of feel weird about that wisdom? Anyone? Yeah, it kind of leaves a bad taste in our mouth. And while sometimes, and by sometimes I mean all the time, that taste is what we're looking for, because that is the feeling of conviction and truth, in this case, not so much. Not so much, because in this case, the thing is about that kind of takeaway and that kind of teaching, no. Just no. No, because God's not like that. No, because it doesn't work that way. We know deep down in our hearts that we have a God who is loving and gracious, so death by earth just isn't in the cards. And we know because of our Bible stories and also because of our lived experience that the opposite teaching is actually true. We actually can argue with God. We can actually push back against God. We can mouth off to God. We can give God a piece of our mind. We have a God who won't kill us because of that, but actually we have a God who might change their mind because of it. Yeah, that's the truth. That's what God is like. That's how it works. And so that take that people have that say, just get obedient and just obey, no, that's a garbage take that just doesn't work. And if we need a way to hold the end of the story, if that's what's tripping us up, and I get that, I'm with you, I am there, what we can do with that really violent ending to the story is see that as just people using God to justify their own ideas and their own agendas. Because we do that, right? Sometimes it's a legit thought and very sincere, and sometimes it's just people being straight up manipulative. 
And we see this now with people celebrating how God overturned abortion rights in America. Praise God, God overturned Roe versus Wade. No, no, God didn't do that. God's not a part of that. That's just the same thing happening now as back then with Korah. It's just people making their cause holy when it really isn't. And so we can see that whole violent earth eating people thing that way and kind of just throw it over there and be like, oh, okay, that's what that is. That's just humans being human. And instead of focusing on that, what we can do is focus on the middle. Because I think there in the middle, that's where the good stuff is. And yes, this is the Oriole reference for those of you who are looking for it. And it's here in the middle of the story, I think we can find what is being offered to us today. Because what we see there in the middle, what we see in Korah and Moses going at each other, is this little bit of cautionary tale that says when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our relationships, but especially the relationships with people who we don't and never will see eye to eye with, when it comes to our relationships with people who we're in the midst of conflict with, when it comes to the relationships that are just full of animosity and resentment. Anyone have those relationships, by the way? Are we all thinking of someone? Yeah, we all know those relationships. We all have relationships that are just deep in conflict, deep in tension, and kind of just combative. When it comes to those kinds of relationships, the cautionary tale goes. If we're only concerned about winning, if we're only concerned with coming out on top, if we're trying to remain in or take over, if all our energy is going towards protecting and persevering ourselves, if we are consciously or unconsciously more concerned with the results of the conflict than with the quality of the relationship, the cautionary tale is telling us then we will then experience devastating and earth-shattering consequences. It will be as if our entire world collapses down on top of us. Yeah. Yeah, are you with me? Can we see the poetry of the story? What we get here in the middle of the story is this revolutionary and counterintuitive bit of wisdom that says when it comes to dealing with the conflict, tension, and disagreement in our relationships, how we relate to one another is infinitely more important than whether or not we win or get our way. Are you with me? How's that one taste? Does it have a similar feeling as the one before? Does it kind of make us feel a bit like, oh, I don't know if I like that one either? Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, because that's not the easiest thing to hear. It's not easy. It leaves that bad taste. It causes that feeling because that wisdom pushes up against some pretty conventional and popular wisdom that pretty much runs our world. This wisdom that says it's better to win than to lose. It's better to be right than be wrong. It's better to protect ourselves than be vulnerable. It's better to lie than admit we were wrong. It's better to stay in power than lose it or, God forbid, share it. Right? Yeah, which makes this story taste a bit bitter because the truth is we like to win. We like to be on top. We want to be in control. But the thing is, as good as that feels, 
And this is where that bit of caution kicks in. As good as that feels, all too easily, that desire, that urge, it takes us somewhere, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes us from a relationship that is experiencing tension to a relationship that is experiencing brokenness. It takes us from working against something together to actually working against each other. It takes us from peace into chaos. It takes us from building bridges to burning them. And if you've chosen to win before, if you've grabbed on to control, if you've tried to be in power, you know this. You know where that action and that choice takes you. And I think that's why this story needs to be told and we have to listen to it because it reminds us that that life and world that Jesus opens up to us That life and world that hums with reverence, that life and world full of joy, meaning, and purpose, and peace, that life and world, despite what we are told, and despite what we are taught, and despite what we want to do, is not found through winning. It's not found through control. It's not found through rallying up enough support. It's not found through manipulation, power, and privilege. But instead, That life and world is found in and through relationships. It's found in and through relationships, in and through honest, compassionate, mutual, just, respectful relationships. Relationships that honor the other even in the midst of conflict and tension. Because it's there our tradition knows. It's there in the relating, in the mutual appreciation, in the respect, in the love, in the generosity, in the listening, in the compassion, in the making space. It's there. And yes, even in the losing and in the compromise, it is there that we begin to step into that life and into that world that God wants us to have. And we know this too, don't we? Yeah, if we've ever been in a fight with our friends or our partner or with our kids and we've made that really tough choice to not try to control, to just be honest, to just be vulnerable and choose to come out of it together, we know that that choice, as hard as it is, leads us somewhere completely different, but far, 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 far more beautiful and life-giving. It leaves us better off, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. And this story reminds us of that. It reminds us that the result is less important than the relationship. It reminds us that the result is less important than the relationship because it's actually in the relating. It's in doing that work, the seeing and the listening and the being with, that we would find the result that we actually need. Yeah, yeah. It's through losing that we actually end up winning. Yeah, that's the counterintuitive, crazy, messed up, but beautiful truth of our faith. That's what resurrection teaches us. It's in losing that we actually win. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense up here, but oh, down here? Yeah, it feels good. It works. And so let's end with some questions. Some questions you can take home with you as you deal with that taste and that feeling within you. Who are you in conflict with right now? Is there someone or something that you are trying to control and to manipulate? Are you choosing to get the results over choosing to have a relationship? 
And as that person or that thing comes up, may you hear the wisdom offered in this story. Always choose the relationship. Always choose the relationship. Always choose the relationship because as hard as it can be to listen, to understand, to compromise, and to lose, it's in the relating. It's in choosing to not win and not control, but be with. That's where we find what we're looking for. That's where we find something better than what we're looking for. That's where we find the life and world that God has for us. And so my friends, as you struggle with making that decision, may you struggle well and may grace and peace be with you. Amen.